Hey gang, and welcome to the second episode of the Baffle Days podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Halloran. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that listened in to podcast number one. The response was awesome, and it was great to finally get the podcast into the living, breathing world. On today's episode, I speak with Luke Hansen, a Blue Mountains local crusher. In 2017, he finished his psychology degree at university and decided to do the dream Euro climbing trip. He booked a plane ticket, bought a van, and started the six-month tour of A-list Euro crags. We talk about his experiences being overseas, just how good home in the Blue Mountains is, and touch on a bit of the psychology of climbing. Now let's get into it. Good to have you on, man. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great. Tell us about yourself, man. Like, <laughs> how long have you been climbing? Um, where are you living? What kind of got you into it? Like, yeah, kind of take us from the start, I guess. Yeah, so um, I grew up in the mountains, uh, kind of lower mountains area. Um, the Blue Mountains. Mm, Blue Mountains, yep. sorry. Never knew about climbing until I was about 14 or 15, and um just me and a few mates went to Lura Gym after school and been hooked ever since. Um, still kind of based lower mountains with the hope of moving up to Blackheath, yep. the hub for mountains yeah. climbing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just love rock climbing, really. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> you were house-sitting for um, Jake while he was away doing the Wheel of Life. Doing the Wheel of Life. Yeah, and it, they've just got a place in Blackheath now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you were living in Blackheath for a couple of weeks. And yeah. Sort of, like, it's only, what, like 20, 30 minutes closer yeah. to that kind of central hub yeah. of the climbing, but quite Makes a bit huge difference. Different. Yeah. You're the, the, yeah. You're properly in it and psych is a lot higher. Um, yeah. You can shoot off to the cliff after work so much easier and training is a lot easier and yeah. Yeah. It's just more climbing really yeah <laughs> yeah it's really good so yeah. that that kind of two-week period sold me so moving up moving up becoming a black heathen becoming a black heathen <laughs> yeah yep. sold yeah um and like is that did you have that feeling you've just come back from a six-month trip climbing a lot did yeah. you kind of have a realization over there that you want to climb more or oh definitely um i think the trip definitely made me realize that I had this desire to make the most of mountains, rock climbing, like living at home. Yeah. It's pretty easy to just climb, you know, after work or, you know, even before work. And yeah, I think the trip definitely got me more psyched. So Mm. if anything, to just want to make the most of that. Yeah. Cool. What was your trip about? Like, tell us about that. Um, so it was, I finished uni and I, yeah, was just really psyched for just a bit of an adventure, really, just mm. to do as much different climbing as I can. So, um, yeah, started off in Spain, spent six weeks in Margalef, which was awesome. Um, went to the UK, which was really cool. Um, bought a van there. Um, the weather was really shit, so just spent three weeks in Sheffield training. Just typical with, Sheffield weather. <laughs> typical Sheffield weather. Drank tea. Eight hobnobs, <laughs> climbed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then went to Font, uh, went to Saint-Léger and a few of the um, southern France crags and then Seuss, yeah. which was 
super rad. Yeah. Met you over there. Yeah. It was also good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then topped it off with Norway in the end, which is super rad. Cool. Yeah. Did you have much of an idea of, like, where you kind of wanted your trip to go? Like, you, you left Blackheath, it was like Christmas Day or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Boxing Day. Flew out yeah. Boxing Day, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it was actually really good. Um, so, first six weeks were spent with, like, that was planned. Um, and that was really good. It kind of let me get a bit comfortable. Mm. Um, met a lot of people in that time, also climbing with a few mates. And then um, from there, just I went with the flow, really. Had a rough idea of places I wanted to visit. Like, Seuss was super high on the list. Um, the UK, that wasn't intended, but it worked out that way with getting a van. So that was really good. Font, super high on the list. Um, Norway, yeah, really wanted to go there as well. So kind of just followed my psych and conditions as well conditions really came into it um yeah when it got warmer in spain kind of went up to france and yeah and just recommendations from people when you're over there people are just frothing like oh you got to get here you got to get there and you got to try this route and yeah that psych is high so that yeah it was pretty easy (laughs) yeah it's pretty interesting hey when you you go over there with like I haven't done the big Euro trip, I'd love to one day. Um, but you get over there. We were over in Seuss when you were there. Yeah. Um, and you hear about locals talking about, oh, there's these crags, and you're like, man, I've never even heard of it. And you look it oh, up, totally. and it's like far out. Yeah. Like, oh. There's the little kind of crag where you've never heard of it. Um, totally. at the base of um Saint Leger, at the end of the valley, that Malons wall or whatever it is, yeah. and it's like. There's 40 routes, 9A and harder here. It's crazy, Like, hey? how have we never heard about it's, this? It's insane. It Like, just the sheer volume over there. And, yeah, sure, you've got, like, the big names where the classic crags everyone goes to. But for every one of those, you've got, like, five little locals-only crags that are probably as high quality, if not higher. And totally. Poor, it's, yeah. It's and they're just keeping it a cheeky little secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is my training wall. Yeah, <laughs> Don't training. climb here. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah. It's awesome. So good. Um, So, yeah, it was... Yeah, the trip was rad. Met lots of cool people. Psych just increased more and more. And um, I think one big thing that came out of the trip was, like, an appreciation for the Blue Mountains as, like, a place to live and climb. Mm. Um, Like, I did some awesome climbing over there. But in terms of actual community and a place where you can live and work and climb, there's not much better. Like, yeah... It and that that got me really psyched on on coming home really yeah yeah it's um it's a really incredible place to live hey yeah like yeah for everything like the fact that you can shoot off after work like ten minutes to the cliff it's pretty mm. good yeah totally yeah yeah was that um like you were saying you really psyched to kind of well you were psyched on coming home mm. was it like six months is a long time to be away is like you kind of missing home throughout yeah. that time like how's kind of living in a van it by was, yourself through that it was I, I definitely miss home I like I miss my mates a lot and I'm yeah miss family as well but I think in the van it's just so easy to move on like mm. you get a bit stale in one area you know you get a bit over the same approach to the same crag just pack it up, drive for two hours and you're somewhere else. Mm. Um, and I think because of that, it just 
it goes so quickly. Um, yeah, so I think talking to people who have spent, you know, like two years in Europe in a van, at first you're like, that is a, that's a freaking long time. But I think you just make it work with switching it up and going to different places. And before you know it, like six months is gone. Mm. Um, but yeah, in saying that, I definitely did miss home. And I was, it's, it's a nice feeling to go traveling and climbing in these amazing places but to be psyched to get home and yeah. climb on, go to the Glen or something, yeah. climb on Madge or something that you yeah. haven't climbed on in a long time. And it, yeah, it's a good feeling rather than, I think sometimes like climbing trips, you, you know, your time's up and you're just like, oh, I don't want to go home. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it was a good feeling. Um, yeah, good to come back psyched too. Mm. In terms of cruising around throughout that time, do you kind of... Um, catch in with other people and um kind of form those friendships like you know you kind of missing friends away from home but you you meet other new people yeah it it was super funny like i think i met about four or five people that i met in the mountains at like previous times um like a German guy, Flo, um, I met in Font again, super <laughs> random, just yeah. having my museum coffee in the morning, sitting on, on my bowling pad and looked up and there he is. So it was awesome to catch up with him again. And um, Jake Handyside, um, hadn't seen him in like four years. He was from the UK, met yeah. him again in Font, super random. Um, but yeah, then, you know, like van car parks, people everyone's there for the same reason everyone wants to go rock climbing and yeah it's just it's just super easy to meet people I, I was actually really anxious before leaving um in terms of just like finding climbing partners but yeah there's so many people out there who just want to go rock climbing and mm. yeah once you get over that initial like belay anxiety it's it's good yeah. like you haven't been dropped and it's safe and <laughs> yeah it's just fun yeah. and then yeah it's an awesome way to get to know people just hanging out at the base of these amazing cliffs and yeah in saying that as well it was pretty cool like running into you guys over there and people from home it's just yeah yeah that little reminder of yeah how good home is yeah it was it was really good but no it was it was awesome yeah it is um yeah it's always been one of those little thoughts that i've had and it's like you know how easy is it and like you're gonna find some like crazy person they're just like yeah i don't know gonna break into your tent and steal all your food and (laughs) break both ankles on you when you fall the next day or yeah like and your trips over one week in or something like that yeah Yeah, i definitely had those thoughts as well (laughs) but um yeah once you break through that everyone's just there to go rock climbing and yeah yeah so it's really cool but um Definitely, yeah, met some awesome people just for that reason. Like, yeah, everyone's kind of in these central little hubs of being a dirtbag in a car park. Mm. So, yeah. It's living a, life. Yeah, yeah, living life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the simple life. How did you feel, like, throughout that trip? Like, you you, um, you started off in Spain yeah. and then you've gone um, to Sheffield to sort your van out, do a bit of training and then font and... Um, and then off to the sport climbing crags. Like, did you feel your climbing kind of changed throughout that time? Like, were you... For sure. Like, I think it's a, like a long climbing trip's a, a bit of a, I don't know, it kind of balances itself out. So, you know, you train a lot beforehand and you, your strength really increases. Um, but then once you just go rock climbing, there's that kind of, 
strength that you gain indoors and it's hard to replicate by getting pumped on these like you know amazing euro roots but you're just not engaging that power Mm. so i think that really declines um over time but then you become so much better technically um you know your head game increases you just you're not getting scared you're not thinking about anything else but but climbing um Mm. so i think yeah it's strange like you're climbing at a the same if not a higher level but your strength has decreased yeah um it's it's really interesting and that i didn't really realize that until coming back like thought like felt quite fit felt quite strong and then you go back to climbing at the bowler or camp street and you just you get totally slaughtered like well and truly um yeah yeah so i think i think it balances out but yeah doing i think on a long trip like that doing it the odd stint of bouldering or even just a, you know a session of of indoor climbing it it's pretty good to just kickstart that power power sort of style of climbing um did you have any like thoughts of that throughout the trip or you're just like oh whatever like just go climbing you feel good and just yeah. go on how you kind of it definitely wasn't feel. a focus it wasn't i think for me like yeah going rock climbing was the number one priority um it was a bit of a blessing in disguise getting um yeah such shitty weather in sheffield and just having some good training sessions um but that's kind of a cool scene in itself like it's what sheffield's about really he's kind of iconic hey yeah it's like there's kind of synonymous it's like sheffield training yeah training oh man crap weather's thrown in there (laughs) oh exactly the amount of people over there like just yeah random 70 year old dudes sipping their tea and jump on the moon board or the beast maker boy and just totally show you up it's right yeah it's outrageous yeah. um yeah so that was good that was good to like yeah keep the power up but i think yeah those long trips are about rock climbing you're not there to go climb on a woody you're there to go to these amazing cliffs yeah and just <laughs> each time you lose another level of power go to a pumpier place yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i think that's yeah yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to kind of shape those trips. Just start with like short boldy routes and just gradually increase until yeah. you're on like 50 meter Spanish monsters getting yeah. pumped out of your brains, but you're not doing moves any harder than V1. So. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did you find Norway? Because you finished off there. You went from Sayus and sold the van and then popped up to Norway. Yeah. To oh, Flathinger. It was it was something else it felt like a different world to be honest like the sun doesn't go down yeah it's just super wild the greenery and like the rock there is amazing um so it's a really nice way to finish off the trip mm. rest days you go fishing you go walking it's yes yeah, beautiful i could highly recommend it to anyone really um i think there's kind of this stigma around flat hanger and being super hard super steep but it's all the main cave everyone sees photos of it opens up and there's so many good routes like you know grade 18 um mm. just amazing rock and yeah it's it's got everything it's got everything so watching that those couple of videos now of adam climbing the routes that he's done yeah there. like especially um was it uh change yeah like that whole movie is like kind of dedicated around him being there in that cave and doing that route and then kind of he comes out and does a little um little paddling trip 
off to some like you know a few days travel off to some through the fjords or yeah yeah whatever like you just man looking at that stuff you just like fall in love with the simplicity of it like it just it it looks as you say like another world in terms of the landscape like it's so it looks so foreign to what we have and then it's crazy that that cave just sat in the middle of it all just looks outrageous oh yeah it's good it's it's a cool lifestyle there like yeah you eat moose from the local farmer and you yeah it's it's good it's really good um yeah i think that move little film really showcases it well like um yeah there's some hard climbing there there's some easier climbing too and it's all really good but it's just kind of the whole lifestyle and the sun doesn't go down so that's pretty good too how's that (laughs) it was weird it was weird at first you'd think they'd have really good curtains but they're they're really not (laughs) really yeah it's like two o'clock in the morning it's like as bright as it would be at lunchtime in Australia and you're just trying to sleep because you want to go rock climbing tomorrow. <laughs> but nah, it's, um, you get used to it and then you just end up sleeping normally. Yeah. But yeah. It was like, felt like a good way to finish the trip off. Yeah, definitely. It was really nice to, um, like having the van was rad. It was so good. But once I got rid of that, that was like a, yeah, load off my shoulders and, um, it was cool just to, really chill out in the the central kind of um barn there in Flatanger and, and go rock climbing and that was it and then yeah it was it was really good mm. um just a cool culture over there too like people are really nice and yeah the food's really good and yeah it's beautiful it's really beautiful yeah would highly recommend it <laughs> yeah um, it's far out it's pretty close to the top of my list some of those things oh. like that um, Thor's hammer route looks yeah. insane, and oh, then a few man. of those other ones, like the eight seas that are there, the Nordic flower and I have Odin. I have Odin. Yeah, just look pretty outrageously good. Yeah, like just super good, super unique features, yeah. like really different to what a lot of the other places that you see. Yeah, around the world are mm, like yeah, just whole types that are. Yeah, you don't see much. Like in terms of varieties, well, you know, you associate like I don't know, um you've got slopers in font and you've got like crimps here in the blueies, but over there it's just so varied. You got like these pinches and slopers and scoops and it's just yeah, it's crazy rock, really crazy rock. And it climbs really well too. So mm. Yeah, it looks uh, and looks like I guess from the way that the angles change and the different hold types, it's like it Maybe on that far left-hand end where it's not quite as steep. Yeah. I guess it's kind of obvious, but like a a really different style of climbing to what you might see in the cave. Like is that kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like you still get the, yeah, really cool features, but rather than like, you know, big pools up 60 degree walls, you're like stemming into these dihedrals and like, yeah, pulling on these really unlikely slopes and stuff like that is it's cool. It's quite technical considering mm. how featured it is. Um yeah, it's good. Font esque. Font esque, yeah. <laughs> sport climbing. Yeah, font sport climbing. That's a good way of putting it, I reckon. Font sport climbing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, so you, you finish off your trip and you come back to the mountains and you're not feeling <laughs> super strong. Yeah. Maybe. Um yeah. did you have 
kind of things that you wanted to like roots that you wanted to tick off or was it kind of like just get back into life and sort out a job and yeah i think um it was weird i kind of came back and everything just fell into place and Mm. it almost felt like i didn't leave um but with that i really wanted to take some of the euro fitness and yeah climb some more pumpy routes um that i'd had in mind but i didn't really work out got back it was pretty cold it was a bit mm. too cold for elphinstone um because it was like june yeah July it was that end, you got of back? June, yeah. end of june yeah june so it was it was getting pretty bitter um but yeah there were like i jumped back on um a few routes that i'd tried in the past that were more bouldery and just realized how piss weak i was and <laughs> yeah rather than like, like oh okay well i'm just gonna avoid this and go i don't know do laps on pumpy things i just yeah thought <laughs> the only way to get better again at this style is to try it so yeah just had a few days out like beating my head against the wall trying harder moves but i think because of that that kind of try hard came back pretty quickly mm. yeah like those days down at the underworld we had where yeah oh man it felt hard but yeah, yeah just um yeah just trying hard and like you know watching you try hard on on your project as well it just gets you psyched like you just yeah i think that was something that was missing I, and that it made me realize that trying hard is just as much a mental thing as a strength thing like yeah i think you try hard on those pumpy roots, but it's a different sort of try hard. It's mm. like when it's one single move and you just got to give it everything. It's, it's yeah, it's really different. Um, so it was good to come back and get back into that. Yeah, it's interesting that kind of try hard thing. Like I've, I've been reflecting on it in the last kind of couple of months i guess yeah. and like yeah it's really easy to feel like you know pumpy climbing at elphinstone or whatever like yeah you're trying hard and you're kind of pumped but that like to kind of bring some sort of like um one inch punch almost like yeah. level of like yeah into like, it is oh. really quite difficult and yeah. like to just you can kind of go, no, I'm trying hard, but to actually then sit back and go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not trying as hard as I could. Like, force your body position and really fucking squeeze. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a really interesting one to try and train. And, yeah. like, it, yeah, it's it's as much I, I find in your muscles, or, or probably more in your head than your muscles. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, those moments where you you're trying something at your limit and before you know it, you're hanging in the rope. Like you let out a little yell cause you thought you tried hard, but you've got this energy left. And I think if you, if you really want it, you try those moves and you stick it and it's just like so close to your limit. You, you totally, oh, you just got nothing left. And mm. I think if you, yeah, until you're at that point, you, you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, Learning that again has been really good. Yeah. Is it something that kind of you feel like comes naturally to you? Definitely not. Definitely not. I think think just as humans in general, we just want things to feel easy. You just Mm -hmm. want to be comfortable. And I think with projects as well, like you end up maybe spending more time on things because 
you drill them to that point where they do feel comfortable. Mm. Um, but I think the best sense are those ones where it doesn't feel very likely, but you just come out on the day and you just give it everything and you try really hard. And yeah, some days it's easier than, than others to really try hard. But no, for me, it, it doesn't come naturally. Like, yeah, you you really have to train it. And I think you can train it indoors, you know, pulling hard on a woody, but I think the best way to do it is just going outdoors and trying moves at your limit. And even things beyond your limit and just, you know, seeing where you're at, giving it everything and, yeah, it's good to do. Mm, yeah, it, it's, um, you, it is interesting kind of having that realisation yeah. of like, oh, actually, I'm not, I'm not trying hard. No. And to, no. It, it's difficult sometimes to admit that to yourself. I, yeah. I find it difficult because you're like, no, nah, I'm going into the gym and I'm trying hard and I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm feeling stronger and all that. And then you, yeah, to then take that to the cliff and you're like, oh, actually, it turns out I don't need to be that much stronger. I just need to switch on and focus and try harder. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a funny one. Like, you did psych at uni. Yeah, yeah. Did you kind of see anything through that degree that um, you could bring into climbing or I think um definitely yeah I think if if anything it made me realize that sports like climbing is there's so much more mental involvement than what we actually think mm. um yeah so many different variables actually come into a, a good day out um but yeah in terms of in terms of like actual skills that I felt that I could apply to climbing, it's not something that I learned a lot about, but it's something I'm super interested in and would be really cool to pursue. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it sort of feels like it's the next um, coming up with the different ways that you can tap into how to train that well and then how to apply it well. feels like yeah. kind of the next realm of... Um, sports psychology and and for all sports i guess in general is like that's the next thing is like us working out that what wolfgang said what was probably late 90s or something that uh, late 80s sorry um that he's that the brain is the strongest muscle in the body or something to that effect like it's um it's just time and time again comes up yeah that yeah, you, your brain is. It, I think it's so undervalued, or, or just not. It's not as fun to train as like strapping a bunch of weight on and <laughs> totally. pulling hard on small edges, yeah, or yeah, yeah. getting boxed at the gym, like yeah. getting super pumped or, or whatever. Like it's, it's uncomfortable in a way that kind of hurts our ego or, or whatever yeah. sometimes. So yeah, yeah, it's um. It'd be cool to see where that world goes, like that training world and definitely world with all of that. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, yeah, something that could really come into play more, especially with climbing. You know, coming to the Olympics, I think potentially more and more people start investing money into progression in the sport, and I think pretty soon, well, it's already well known that like climbing is just as much mental as it is physical and i think yeah like you said there's something about training your 
the mental side of climbing. Like, you know, you get to a point where you grab a quick draw because you're so pumped and you're scared and you you clip, and you don't you don't instantly think, oh, I need to get stronger or something like that. You, your ego's a bit dented. You're like, oh. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> like, and the I only need to reason, get fitter. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not. It's probably not that. You just yeah. need to, yeah. I don't know. Feel more comfortable at climbing, pumped or yeah, during a run out or something like that. But yeah, like what what kind of things do you think that you use in terms of like mental skills? A a big one I think is rehearsing sequences in my head and also like connecting with what it would feel like to have climbed that route is like what 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 are you going to feel in your body what are you going to feel how does it make you feel and and really connecting into that and i've i found it so motivating and i found it really good and you know might not turn into ascend the next day it generally doesn't because it's rock climbing yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but um i i think that's a really big one because it's not just like okay left right left right left right it's like you go through the whole experience and you're almost kind of um sounds kooky but like kind of like reading into the future it's like you you want to have experienced that and and had that um yeah, I guess have that experience before it's actually happened in the flesh. And, yeah. And so when you're there and you're at the base of the climb, you can approach it with this confidence. It's like, yeah, man, I've I've been here before and I've yeah. done it. And I know yeah. what it's going to feel like. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, for for projects and for comps and, and all that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting, as you say, like for the Olympics and all that, like it'll be like this high pressure stuff. And yeah. it all your training and your fingerboard and you know everything like all the different things that you can do to be on the different protocols the strongest in the world isn't going to yeah. translate into a gold medal no, like i know it's how you can perform under pressure yeah, yeah which is like pretty incredible like the world champs was it a few months ago now a month ago or whatever like um, Jesse Pills yeah. coming out second in that female final and topping out. Lit of the stadium blew oh. off oh, when Jesse, like, you know, the home girl tops yeah. out and essentially kind of puts herself in pole position to, yeah. to win the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And then Yanya comes out knowing that the route has been topped. Yeah. yeah. She has she, to top it. She to has win. to like, top it and she's got to top it faster than a time yeah like and for her to get up there and to top it it's like incredible it, mental strength yeah like, that's insane to yeah. be able to perform under that like it's yeah and physically as well i think with that mental pressure you're grabbing every hold more you know you're using way more energy just because it's the stakes are so high you have to do it there's no other there's no other way. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of other finals, it's you go out there, you give it your best, maybe you fall off two moves from the top. You know you've done pretty well, but yeah, she knew there was there was no way around it. She you had to top. Totally, yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, that, that was insane. Like, yeah. to, to watch, it was just like, so, 
yeah, that that's up there is one of the coolest oh, kind man, of mental just like feats of strength yeah out yeah. there like it, it yeah totally insane and then to lose it by like seven seconds you felt pretty robbed it for a bummer, it. Hey. Oh, yeah no good but i think she came back and won the, the combined oh yeah so that was pretty good it and then did you did she win the bouldering i think i think maybe she won the bouldering and then won the combined too yeah or so got pretty close to pretty good yeah fortnight oh it's <laughs> not bad yeah it's a lot of climbing hey in three four days oh it's... man brutal and then yeah like watching them go through the heats the semis and the finals for the lead and then they go into most of them are going into the bouldering because most of the really good ones are obviously aiming for that olympics yeah thing. and then yeah to back it up into combined. that combined it was just like far out the huge massive and i guess it kind of comes back to that mental stuff again is like everyone's buggered but yeah. it's like how much how much right now in this moment as yeah. you're pulling onto the boulder for the last time in your round or you know you're two-thirds of the way up the lead route it's like how much do you want it like yeah your skin hurts yes your you're shoulders hurt bleeding from like 10 tips yeah yeah it's it, yeah that's what it comes down to how bad do you want it mm. did it get you psyched on that sort of competition like watching watching the world champs yeah totally yeah, yeah. like it's it's pretty cool um I, I was pretty psyched on comps back in the day um back through the junior years and the move to the mountains and the just um I guess having the outdoor climbing so accessible, yeah. it's kind of like comp climbing was like, ah, whatever. Like if it's a rainy day when the comp's on, I'll go down maybe. Yeah, for sure. But just, yeah, it wasn't that motivated. And then yeah. I think we started watching a few of the bouldering world cups. Yeah. Like whenever I heard people talking about it, I was like, nerds, whatever. Boring, it must yeah. be crap. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Avanna and I watched them and was like, oh god these are really good viewing yeah like, these are rad and you get invested in the people and the stories and yeah all and of that before you know it you've watched like 10 back to back every weekend early mornings like yeah oh it's yeah the like competition youtube live stream back catalog doesn't go back far yeah, enough yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> give yeah. me more yeah. yeah i didn't really realize how that quality the viewing was until I watched it with my parents who don't climb at all mm. and they're like sitting on the edge of their seat like oh come on really? like yeah they were just so psyched like especially my dad he he loved it and that was when I was like oh man this is gonna go well in the Olympics like this cool. is this is proper good viewing like yeah I think it's pretty easy to watch it as a climber and be like oh that's a cool move you know like mm. oh that's a bad hold but I think and when people who don't climb at all can still appreciate it, yeah, it, you, it's really cool. I often wonder that when, like, you're watching it and you're like, man, do we just look like <laughs> really odd people? Like, yeah. are people watching this and having the same opinion of, like, when they stumble across you in the forest and go, you know, there's an easier way to walk to the back of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, are we totally. talking like that on a live stream or is it... Just making massive problems <laughs> of ourselves. yeah. Equivalent to like lawn bowls viewing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think definitely um, the kind of switch up in World Cup style, like in you know now it's more parkour, jumping, like huge dinos, big features, and even like especially in the World Champs, you know, like I think there was like two or three dinos on both of the lead routes, like mm. big exciting moves, and I think that's what gets the greater audience psyched like you know it's pretty easy to understand like a a leap yeah or like jumping into an iron cross or something totally it's It's like you know hard in your mouth kind of oh my god are they gonna do it whereas like i think only climbers can appreciate that like dirty pump comp style on like small holds where it's just a real fire whereas Mm. yeah i don't think non-climbers can appreciate that it feels like Harry Potter, like muggles and non-muggles. Yeah, <laughs> totally. but yeah, I think yeah, that switch up in style is it's it's entertaining for the non-muggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of um, to a non-climber, you can't see that like subtle weight transition as they like come up yeah. into an undercling or like move around a feature, and you can see their hips kind of like drop and then tweak and shuffle and up and yeah, like you're not seeing that so. Um, but yeah. yeah, to to hear that there's non-climbers getting psyched on it, it's kind of cool. And and I guess like that's kind of where I guess climbing's heading with yeah the Olympics. Like it, it's coming out into the mainstream. Like there's bouldering gyms popping up all over Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's yeah, it's just kind of showing up in the mainstream more and more. As I. I wonder how that's going to go, like, for all of us. Like, is yeah, is it going to be more packed clips or is it going to be, I don't know, are they going to stay in the gyms or yeah, it's like, really interesting, or is right? it just going to be one of those things that it's like, um, I don't know, motorsport kind of stuff is super popular, but yeah, there's not an obvious translation over. Yeah. I guess climbing's more accessible. Like Yeah, for sure. I think um I don't know, the, you know, gyms like 9 degrees, they they're awesome, but they definitely have a kind of like a community feel to them, but it's not it's 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 the scene. It's like an indoor scene. It's mm. like it seems like there isn't that transition to like rock climbing. It's kind of like real separated particularly in the mountains like uh, you go to Shipley on a Saturday and you see a lot of people but you go to nine degrees on a rainy day there's like 500 people in there it's ridiculous in and a I'd, small warehouse yeah and, well they're big but not really for 500 not for 500 people yeah. like totally jam-packed um yeah so I think it's it's an indoor scene there's a lot of people who are just just psyched on going to the gym and I think that's really cool like mm the end of the day, if you're just doing climbing for the fitness benefits, it's pretty damn fun. Definitely beats running on a treadmill. <laughs> totally. For sure. Yeah. Um, Maybe not better for your knees. Probably not. Coming off some of those. Nah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> get a bit sore. Injury-wise, yeah, you're probably going to get some weird injuries. Yeah. But that's all right. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where you like to keep it is just like climbing for fun and yeah, just yeah. going out and enjoying it, hey? For sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Climbing's a fun sport. It's, yeah. Yeah. I think the best days out are the ones where you're just with a good bunch of mates, having a laugh, trying hard, but then also 
enjoying yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, do you get psyched more on like, you know, are you, are you more of a onsider or you, like you prefer red pointing or like what, what sort of... Um, um, I think definitely before going to Europe, um, I'd say I was much more psyched on red pointing. Um, I think onsiding in the blueies, it's hard. Like roots are bouldery. Um, it often comes down to one crux move and it's a pretty fine line between sticking it and falling off. Um, so yeah, I often found I just focus more on that like refining style of, mm. of red pointing. Um, but yeah, then when I went to Europe, it's like, well, I could spend six months trying one or two hard routes or I could go try on-site three good quality routes in a day and get a better taste of an area. So yeah. Yeah, and you know the style over there. It's longer. It's more endurance based. It's yeah. It's it's good for on siding. Yeah. Did you find the same in in Seuss? Yeah, I, I almost wonder um, whether Seuss is a little bit like the mountains, where it's kind of like hit or miss. It's like you kind yeah. of like you got the pocket, or you got the wrong pocket, or like definitely. I don't. It, it's quite technical in that Blue Mountainsy way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel like maybe more. Um, more of that Spanish stuff for is sure. Potentially a bit easier, but yeah, that first time walking up to the cliff at Seus in twenty fifteen, and just kind of realizing that there's all these routes between like seven C and eight B. Yeah, that you're like, or do oh more. my god, I've not had like this many routes yeah. at this grade oh, to try man. and on-site. It's in, crazy. Like, since I moved to the mountains yeah. five years earlier or something. Yeah, totally. Because you kind of, um, yeah, like the mountains, it's, yeah, you, you're you on or you're off. Like, yeah. you kind of got that foot 30 mil wrong yeah. and you're off and you're like, oh, bummer. Well, yeah. that's the end of that. I was feeling good. but it, Yeah. Or there'll be like some tiny tiny minuscule like micro beta that you just miss like mm. putting your index finger on the hold in a certain way and it turns into a jug and you yeah, miss totally. that and yeah and that's it y- your chance is over whereas yeah. Y- yeah you know places like spain you just you just got to keep fighting and you get you get totally flamed but you can just keep moving and uh, yeah i really enjoyed it it's uh, yeah and that's not to take away from onsiding bouldery routes. Like mm. you know, a lot of people have onsided pretty hard things in the mounds. Garth, better than life. Yeah, like <sighs> pretty badass. And yeah, I, yeah, got a lot of respect for that kind of just working the body position straight away. And I think, I think somewhere like the mounds, you have to be really good to onsite hard for sure. Mm. Like properly good and technically and and just really strong too but yeah i think in europe you can often just get away with pumping yeah 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 it's definitely more of a red point kind of style yeah here i guess yeah i think so which is cool because like i think um living close to somewhere where you can just go out and have two or three burns on on a project and mm. you know refine it it's it's awesome yeah and then yeah, I think it's a good a good way to approach climbing on the hole, you know, like red point close to home where it's where it's accessible and then 
save on siding or not save on siding but you know on your climbing trips focus on that volume like, mm. and it's because it's a great way to improve as a climber you're just doing so many different moves and yeah it's it's yeah. good and you get a really good taste of an area totally yeah yeah you, like you, you i don't know like seeing in Sayus, like it didn't look like you'd lost that much like you kind of like um going for more of a volume or whatever but like you know in the mountains you'd climb you know 30 31 kind of 32 on the weekends like and then in Sayus after five months on the road or something yeah yeah you're like still getting on 30s and 31s at Sayus like yeah um and knocking them off like what is it femme blanche and like that sort of yeah, stuff like there's pretty pretty hard kind of route so it's like it's kind of cool that like yeah you you dropped that bouldering level but yeah through doing so much of that climbing like you yeah you're maintaining that same level yeah i think that's that's a funny thing about rock climbing and i think there's this whole um attitude in the mountains that you just have to get stronger to get better at climbing mm. and often it's not the case there's a lot of people up here who can campus one nine you know <laughs> some like stupidly ridiculous mm. things but technically it's you know they're, they're not climbing as hard as they should be mm. so i think yeah it's the whole like um specificity you to get better at rock climbing just going rock climbing is the best way to do it. And I think, yeah, that Europe trip was a big eye-opener for that. So, yeah, approaching climbing training with aspects of, like, practice as well, you know, mm. working on your technique and, yeah, mental tactics as well. It's, um, yeah, it's good to do. Yeah. It's important to do, actually. Yeah. It's crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And taking that into new projects for yeah. this season. Like, what do you kind of... Definitely. Psyched on now. Oh, it, so I spent a lot of time on Tiger Cat last year. And yeah. Your drawers were on it until like a day of, before oh, you Oh, man. Like, left. that was devastating. As I think I said to you, I had a sending beer sitting in the fridge <laughs> and I pulled my drawers off after not sending and sat at home and drank it. And <laughs> felt like shit. Misery beer. <laughs> yeah, misery beer. Um, so, yeah, it, it really psyched on that. Um, that's a good route. It's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Um, oh, a few short thing, short bouldery things in the Glen, mm. uh, like search and destroy, and yeah, those kind of like real try hard routes. Yeah, really keen on on um on doing a few of those. Um, but yeah, I think definitely just that break of climbing in Europe. I approach red pointing a bit differently now like yeah, I, yeah last year i would have days at the cliff and then i'd go and train because i didn't feel fit enough um but then you're sacrificing rock climbing days for training days mm. or you're you're not doing a lap up your project at the end of the day because you want to have a good training session the next day that's not what it's about like it, yeah so really switching out that priority for rock climbing that was that was a big learning curve um yeah 
training's good don't get me wrong like it's worth a lot it's worth a lot it's worth yeah a hell of a lot but if you're sacrificing your rock climbing days for training yeah you've got to take another look at it and it's it's easy to do like i would say i did it for a very long time and i i think everyone kind of falls into that yeah routine of going training but Mm. yeah and you know it's kind of you got to look at the current situation too. Like if the weather's shit, you may as well have a good block of training. Like, you know, three weeks of rain, you may as well go inside. It's been shocking. Oh, it's been bad. But you may as well go inside and pull hard and, you know, maybe feel a bit junk because you're making those training gains. But if it's 30% humidity outside and 20 degrees, there's no point going and canvassing or hanging on a hangboard. <laughs> it's hard to give that up. Yeah. <laughs> When's it coming next? Oh, I'm not man. wasting it. Yeah, you just got to maybe rest more and go rock climbing, prioritize. Yeah. But um, yeah, how do you feel about that kind of training, rock climbing balance? It's been interesting, hey? Like, I, it was always my approach to um, to want to spend days on the cliff. It's yeah. just like always it's like, Climbing, climbing, climbing. Like yeah. I didn't train, went to the, the climbing gym and did boulders or whatever, but there was yeah. no direction. There was no goal of like a strength or, or whatever. Like it was just like, just go and have a muck around session with the fellas. Yeah. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's changed now where it's like, well, no, I, I want to train. And so, um, yeah, it, it's been interesting kind of finding a middle ground between that where it's like I feel like I've got so much um like so much room to grow in my climbing yeah and training is going to help that quite a lot I think and so like yeah finding that middle ground of wanting to stay connected to the climbing yeah and and have that feel for it because at the end of the day like that is what gets me psyched but yeah yeah, getting stronger is like it's something that's got become quite motivating. Like definitely se- seeing those little things. So yeah, it's quite a tricky balance, and um, yeah, finding that uh the balance is, is difficult. And definitely. but I, I have when I can when I have weeks where I get to have a lot of days at the cliff, like three, four, five days at the cliff. Yeah. Five days doesn't happen that often, actually. Oh, Maybe four days at the dream. cliff sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, okay, I'll have two of those days will be good days where I'm going to be fresh and then yeah. the other two days I might be sacrificing to um, to have a bit of a climb, uh, have a train yeah. the day before or that morning or whatever and hit yeah. the cliff in the Arvo or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, unless I'm in that red point zone. Yeah. I just want to be fresh. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's kind of tricky, hey. It's tricky to... It's kind of the, the annoying thing about living where we do. It's like yeah. Climbing is so accessible so that you're accessible. like... You always want to be fresh for yeah. that day yeah. when you're hitting the cliff. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take... <laughs> I'll take that little conundrum each week. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's... To live here. Yeah, I'm not trying to sell the mountains, but we're pretty lucky we can climb here 12 months of the year. Realistically, you could be red pointing at your limit in February if you pick the right cliff. Mm. You know, it's 35 degrees, but you get up early, you find the breeze. 
And it's a bit of a... How bad do you want it? <laughs> yeah, how bad do you want it? But it's a bit of a double-edged sword. And going to places like Sheffield maybe realize that. Because go there in winter, the weather's absolutely terrible. And they're all training. And it's it's kind of like... Yeah, it's it. they'll do like this big training block. And then the good conditions come around. And no one's training at all. No one goes near a fingerboard. They're just like... They're going rock climbing. That's mm. what it's about. And I think, you know, that kind of comes from a lot of other sports. You've got this on-season and this off-season. But I think here where we live, you're trying to train and you're trying to red point and you're trying to perform at your best. But, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think, like, taking a little break out, that's definitely something, you know, Charlie maybe realizes, like, tra- maybe taking a little break out from trying to, red point are your limit and just focusing on training mm. and then when you are trying to red point stop training like you probably don't need to be improving you just need to maintain spend, yeah maintain yeah and yeah. and just go out climbing yeah. yeah that that has been one thing that i've been looking at through like a, i've been trying to consume as much training information as possible it's addictive and, it, oh, and there's so much yeah and just like oh this person and that person what do they say what's the counter to this and yeah yeah um like listening to uh the steve bechtel stuff yeah like where you you know it, it's kind of obvious and people have been doing it for years like his logical progression where it's like each uh energy system each you train each one throughout the week or yep. throughout your little like micro cycle or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess like through those red pointing phases, that's kind of where I try and sit at. And then, yeah, on those more off season times, like maybe that is the middle of summer. Cause it, it, it can't get, yeah, I, I can be a bit of a condition snob <laughs> now. Definitely, but, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. And you, you, you sacrifice, um, red pointing days for yeah to build that strength come april may when the temperature drops to 15 or whatever and it's breezy and the blue skies are out oh shit holds magic jugs yeah there's like grades difference yeah 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 Yeah, so um yeah it's bloody fun though i've found that training stuff like getting your teeth sunk into that it's good yeah it's really good it's yeah, and that's that's where you make the gains. But um, yeah, I think combining it with good old fashioned rock climbing is good. And as well, one thing that I see a lot of like people do that works really well is like training outside, like doing intervals or doing doubles on projects outside. It's I think it's really good, and that really trains that mental aspect. You know, you this you know you can go and climb on the woody and get do four by fours and you get really pumped but you're not really replicating that mental aspect of oh it's quite run out i've got to clip that next quick draw i'm really pumped whereas if you go and do laps and you get totally boxed that aspect is really into it and you're still really you're having to be switched on mentally Mm. um yeah I, i think Outdoor training is is also really good. Yeah, it, it it's so easy to climb differently on the woody as to how you would outside. Like Definitely. It, the woody's great, but you, I, I try and do my best to 
climb like I would on rock on the woody. But yeah. it's still it's still different. Like you yeah. you throw yourself around just a little bit differently and yeah. Yeah, to train that on the cliff as you say is like that's really like it's valuable. It's very valuable. Like, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of cliffs around that can give you that like pretty well. Yeah. I'm very lucky up here. Yeah. Places like Logan Bray or oh, the Glen or yeah Elphinstone where you can just go get totally pumped in the space of like yeah you can go have two or three hours down there after work and mm. yeah totally smash yourself yeah it's yeah. it's good it's really good totally yeah well um yeah cool man thanks for chatting oh um, thanks for having me on I'm yeah for- super psyched and yeah thanks for getting this up and running I think it's just gonna get people more psyched as if we're not psyched enough <laughs> already but yeah. Thanks for listening in. Luke is a champion and one of the nicest dudes getting about. Stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. I've talked with some great people in the last few weeks and can't wait to release these chats to you all. Keep updated on Instagram and remember to hit subscribe on your podcast app. Thanks again and catch you on the next one.